This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. The pain, the passion, the podcast. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And on the other mic is Barry. This is Season 3, Episode 16. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rock from City of Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? How was your Thanksgiving, Barry? Okay, let's go there. No, no, let's not go there. How about let's go here, Barry? Where are we going? If someone were to fuck you up the anus, okay, would you be asking them for their sneakers after they did it? <laughs> the, 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 the anal fucking sneakers that they actually wore during the anal fucking? Yes, you were staring at these sneakers the whole time. <laughs> I mean, if it was a memorable experience, maybe I'd want to have something to remember and buy, and, and, and I'd, I'd want the kicks. Would you or would you walk off that court <laughs> with your head down in shame, all right, as fast as you can? I would not look him in the eye. I would be out of there so fast. I mean, come on. By the way, I can't even believe I just said all that because... At fucking Thanksgiving. You know what, of course, came up at the dinner table? Not anal sex. No. Okay. Worse. <laughs> Worse. My mom bringing up that she, she listened to the, her first podcast in a while, and we happened to be talking about her, and or I was. And again, it came up, hey, Craig, why do you have to curse so much oh. on the, on, in the podcast? Right. You don't, they were like, you don't speak like that normally. Like around your kids and around your family, and I was just like, I've had it. I have had enough of that conversation, dude. I was just like, I'm not discussing that. Let's talk about something else. All right, you guys, you get in my head and you ruin my podcasts. <laughs> they they have no idea what we're going through as fucking Knicks fans. We're gonna there's gonna be so many f bombs in this show based on how it's been going lately. Oh, absolutely. And I don't want to have to think about who I'm upsetting in my family. This is the pain of our fucking sad existence. Every year, Barry, it just seems to get worse and worse and worse. Right. And then when you think it can't get worse and you think okay. you're turning a corner, it, get, it, it gets worse. Yeah. And you're getting fucked up the anus in the process. Right. And then and my favorite Nick <laughs> is asking for sneakers. <laughs> right. Which goes against everything that I believe in and everything I grew up with with my 90s Knicks. Nobody would ever do that. You know how I pick a photo to go on the, to go on the, on the cover of the show or whatever? Yeah. Lately, I don't even know what the fuck to put up there. Right. I was late getting to you because I couldn't figure it out. What, another angry Fizdale or smiling Fizdale? One of these sad excuses for players on our team? Do I put them up again? Right. So I put up Patrick Ewing, 
and Mark Jackson today. Really? Nobody on this team deserves to even be on the cover of our show right now. Wow. Nobody. It's an embarrassment. Dude, last time we spoke, what were we, 4 and 13? Yeah. And I feel like we both thought that was our low point. Yeah, you know you know, I have like this whiteboard in front of me. And one of the things I have right in the corner, just very small, because I like to have it, I have the Knicks current record. So yeah, today from the last podcast, it was 4 and 13. I had to erase the number 3 <laughs> and put a number 7. That 4, I don't know how long I'm going to be staring at that 4, but... But yeah, that, that 13 changed to a 17. The Knicks are off to their their worst start. What, what, what's the stat? Like the worst 21-game start in franchise history? This is like worst-case scenario for me for this season. Beyond maybe some of our young guys getting severely injured, like RJ going down for the season. Oh, this is worst heaven case. forbid. But we're not, we're not seeing anything, all right? We're not winning games. We're not even competing. I mean, I don't know if you think we're competing, but I don't think we're competing. I just think that the other, dude, the other teams, these games where we're up at some point, up big in the first half, and we lose the lead. That's because these teams know they're playing the worst team in the league, and they're just not turning it on until they need to. Yeah, they could take a half off, and it won't matter. If I have to hear Fizdale or the Knicks, like mention again, well, we're you know we're. We're playing three great quarters, and then we're really just <laughs> losing it in the end. Fuck that. I've been, how many years have we been hearing that Yeah, shit? all we have to do is put four quarters together. I can't listen to that anymore. These other teams know we're a joke, and they, they, they teams don't come to play. And they know they don't need to play for four full quarters to beat us. They need to play one. That's how bad we are. That's how bad we are, that the other team can just sleep through 75% of the game and then come in like Boston did. Have a five-minute stretch where they go on what a fifteen to two run. We turn the ball over four times in a fucking row. Yeah, but then and then you run into a game like we just had against the Bucks, and the Knicks can't seem to even put three minutes together. Oh, it was embarrassing. The worst game I've ever seen, or at least that I can ever remember. From start to finish, they were pitiful. They did not look like a basketball team out there whatsoever. I mean, they they look like. They never played the game before. They're not competing. They're obviously not putting up wins. The young guys look lost. Everybody looks lost. I'm not seeing any progress. Mitchell Robinson, I swear, looked 10 times better last season than he does this year. We all know DSJ is a fucking mess. Knox. Trier doesn't even play. Well, he finally got a little bit of minutes, you know, against Milwaukee. Didn't even play the second half, though. But... You know, th- this is like a a, a, a turning point a turning point for this team. As bad as they've been all season, I mean, at this point, anybody that had any hope that that maybe they would, you know, at least start competing and, and get to somewhere where they were predicted to be, forget all that. Play the youth. Nothing else matters because this season is over. It is long gone, and for nothing else, you better. Start giving more minutes to the youth because that's it. That's all that matters. You know, cement yourself in a good lottery pick standing and get burned. I mean, I got a list of nine guys I want to see playing from here on out that I want to see the minutes going to. And I don't care about anybody else. I want to see R.J. Barrett. I want to see Damian Dotson. I want to see Kevin Knox. I want to see Frank Nilakina, Mitchell Robinson. Dennis Smith Jr., 
Alonzo Trier. I'll even see Marcus Morris, at least until the point of the trade deadline, so he could continue to up his value because he's a great trade chip. But that's that's everybody wants to see. And, and Ig- Iggy, you might as well play Iggy. But that's it. I don't care about anybody else. What's the point? I don't know. I don't know what the point of anyone even playing is at this at this point, Barry. Well, why do we even go out there? <sighs> Listen, I I I put, I put a poll up like two hours ago. Did you see this? I had Knicks fans. Are you okay? All right. In a couple hours, there have been about five hundred votes. Eighty-one percent of the fan base is not okay. We are not okay. I'm not okay. I'm pretty sure you're not okay. I'm pretty fucking texted, far from okay. You texted me today that you hate the Knicks. All right? Yeah. Dude, I don't know how many people have been listening to this show since the beginning, but when this podcast was started, it was shortly after Phil Jackson was fired, back in July of 2017. And I started the podcast because I was at my worst, I think, as a Knicks fan. All right? Three years before that, Phil Jackson was hired. All right? And they said, you know, this was going to be a five-year plan, a five-year rebuild with Phil at the helm. And we were all excited. Because we thought, finally, maybe someone with a basketball mind was coming in here to save us, save James Dolan, save the Knicks. And three years later, it was clear that that plan was not working. Over three years, Barry, we won 80 games with Phil Jackson at the helm. And then what happened after three years? He was fired. And we say, all right, now we're going to start over again. We get Mills. We have Scott Perry hired as as, uh, GM. And we're rebuilding again. And now three years, we're in the third year of that new plan. And what's going on now, Barry? We have won 50 games over these two and a quarter seasons with Mills and Perry at the helm. Even worse than when we had Phil Jackson. And now we're on the verge. I don't know. I'm getting the feeling like we're about to be starting over. Or even worse, they're about to fire Fisdale and give Perry and Mills another year to crack this well, that's, puzzle. Well, that's unacceptable. They got to go. They all got to go. All three Dude, of them. I don't, I don't trust. I really don't trust going into the trade deadline this year with Perry and Mills in our front office. It really makes me nervous. Based on the players they signed this summer, how bad it's working out. They literally just signed this entire team this fucking offseason. And it's not working. And if they fire Fizdale any day now, I wouldn't be shocked if by the time people are listening, Fizdale's already gone, by the way. No, that wouldn't shock me either. But if they fire him, they bring in some new coach, and by the trade deadline, it's still not fixed, I don't know what's going to happen. And they're going to be, instead of trying to do this slow rebuild, I'm worried that they're going to be fighting for their jobs all of a sudden. And they're going to start making some bold mistakes, you know, trading for veterans or high-priced guys that aren't necessarily a part of a rebuild or on the younger side of their careers. And they're going to be doing whatever it takes to save their jobs. That's absurd. I mean, it's pa- it's past that point already. I mean, we're it's December. What is it? December fourth, December fifth. We're past that point already. You know, th- this season is trashed. So, you know, you've got a great, great asset in Marcus Morris. I mean, he's like freaking leading the NBA in three point percentage, isn't he? So you've got him. He's only on a one year deal. He doesn't, he's not in bed with you. That's who you're going to move, you know, whether it's to get, you know, some more youth on this team to see what they develop into because we surely, we sure as hell have the time to do it. This team isn't going anywhere. 
can't get out of its own way. Or for picks. I agree that it would be great if we can move Morris. If we can. He's the one. Because I know moving a guy with a $15 million contract can be a little tricky. But he is obviously the player with the most value on the team. I don't know if any of these other vets on one-year deals well, you the, know, with, with team options for the second year are really valuable. They're the, not the, playing great. Right. The thing with Morris is you're probably going to want to wait. You know, you're not going to do it right as soon as the you know, December 15th passes because teams aren't going to be as hungry then as they will be a couple of months down the line you know, when they realize you know, how tight the playoff race is and you know, how much they're going to need a guy like him. So, and that's why I was saying before, I don't mind if he continues to get playing time, you know, because you want to continue to up his value if he keeps playing this well. But the minutes for everybody else has got to go up. And as much as, you know, I've kind of turned on Trier back and forth on Alonzo Trier, like how he's not good for this team, but I think he's a good player. I mean, at this point, what good is it? <laughs> you know, if, if he's going to be up for the team, I think you got to continue to develop him as well. You know, so I'm back in Trier's corner as far as saying, yes, give him the minutes. Anybody young that you think is going to hustle and play hard, put in there. But Barry, I, that's the problem. Are, are the young guys really hustling? Well, Damian Dotson did. He was like the one guy, you know, aside from Kadeem Allen and Iggy Brasdakis, who never get off the bench. I mean, this was Kadeem's first game this year. Aside from those two who you clearly saw, you know, hustling, Damian Dotson hustled from the get-go, and he's been getting time in there. How come in nobody what, else in has? What, in what one? But not no one. None of them are consistently hustling and playing it hard. None of them. Maybe Mitchell, but 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 he. I mean, him with the foul trouble is unbearable. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. You know that he's coming off the bench because of it, and then he get three minutes, and he got three fouls already. You know that's your Achilles' heel. What are you doing? How can somebody not get this under control a little bit? What do you think of Mayor's uh, tweet? The positive vibes tweet yeah. going into the game was that was that weird? I mean, I love Mayor and I love Mitchell, and those guys are they're great guys. But that was a weird, that was a strange tweet. Look, almost daily, Mayor tweets like positive things in general, and she usually has nothing to do with the Knicks. It's not like necessarily basketball related. It's like life stuff, work stuff. Yes, you know, just does. overall success. You know, positivity. It's almost like a spiritual you know, guru. Yeah, but, 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 you know, good stuff. Like, you know, stuff that you'd probably have a poster of. You know, just grabbing the bull by the horns and taking your chance. You know, you don't get anywhere unless you try. Stuff like that. So, and this time he was very, a lot more specific and, you know, a little bit more, you know, I, I don't even know what you want to call it. But, um, but yeah, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, whatever. I was down for that. Why not? But obviously did, did the Knicks didn't have any said, of those did positive Did it bug you vibes. what he said about, like, he was telling us to all be positive, right? Not to be so cynical. Right. <laughs> which, which I understand, but it's also hard as a Knicks fan who's been dealing with this for a lot longer than Mayar has experienced it, to be trying to get that advice from someone so new to to the Knicks scene. Like, I'm, I know he's been a part of the NBA, but he's not. he hasn't really been in it like we have. Right. For so many years. Right. But he was talking about us being positive, but he threw in that little thing about Dennis Smith Jr. And, you know, about how we might finally have this dynamic player in the starting lineup that we've been missing. And it was sort of a, he was telling everyone to be positive, but in a way he was being negative towards Frank. Well, yeah, but Frank, Frank wasn't going to play anyway. Right. But he was like, he was basically like, thank, you know, thank goodness Dennis Smith Jr. is starting tonight. It's like a fresh start. 
we've got this dynamic in the starting lineup we haven't had. And then afterwards, his player, Mitchell, gets in foul trouble again, faster than he ever has this season, pretty much. Yeah. And then after that, he's asking for fucking Giannis's sneakers. Ugh. It was just not a great series of Mayar Mitchell moments, you know? And then it was weird, a little bit after that, Mitchell had that tweet gotta work on myself which i assume that was in reference to the to his play i i mean i imagine so or did it did it have anything to do with the sneaker gate sneaker gate <laughs> i don't think so is it maybe like how he's saying he seemed really frustrated and pissed off after coming out of these games arguing pretty much every foul he's bumping into ben simmons yeah, in that well, sixers game you know he's well dude he can't stay on the court yeah, but he you, seems angry, and he's taking it out on the other team, the refs. You know, people talk about you like, you know, you and RJ are the two pieces, the two, you know, cornerstones of the, the franchise, you know, the potential that the two of you guys have that can be here long-term and really do something for us. And yet you can't stay on the court because you're getting into foul trouble. You know, something that you should, you know, at this point start – Getting under control a little bit. Is it that hard to set a screen without moving your lower body uh. to knock someone over? I mean, over and over again? It's a fucking crummy Nick's life, Barry. It is a crummy Nick's life, Craig. Using a family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn, New York, and perfected on the east end of Long Island, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company promises to deliver you the finest and most delicious crumb cakes on the market. With flavors like classic crumb, blackout, blackout salted caramel, and Brooklyn Joe, your taste buds will thank you, even when your taste buds are a part of your miserable body as a Knicks fan. At least get a little bit of pleasure. At least your taste buds can be happy, right? Yeah. And they will be with those flavors and more. <laughs> um, oh, all right. They're available in, oh, online in two sizes, classic 8 by 8 inch size cakes or their world-famous crumpkins. Those are like crumb cakes in mini-muffin form. So take a trip down Clarkson Avenue and crumb get some. Visit www.clarksonavcrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. They were a big hit at the Dworkin Thanksgiving. Hmm. And uh, and it's the perfect time heading up to the holidays. It's a, a nice little, you know, when you want to send somebody something for the holidays, just a little something. Sure. Send them some crumb. How big was your Thanksgiving? How many people? We only had 10. It was small. And how many uh, crumb cakes did you p throw on the table? I got I got a package of crumpkins, which is a 12-pack, and I got the 8x8. Eight 8x8 eight. Eight eight what? The 8x8 eight eight classic crumb, and we got the limited edition pumpkin crumpkins. Ooh, how was the pumpkin? Delicious. It was not overwhelmingly sweet, just a hint of pumpkin. Beautiful. <laughs> Want to li <laughs> listen to some voicemails? It's, it's not the end of the show, Barry. You want to listen to some voicemails? Yeah, let's yeah, break it up that, with some voicemails. I said you want to listen to some voicemails. Barry starts looking up at his whiteboard. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what time is it? <laughs> we haven't been on that long. <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to get to the rest of whatever's on your whiteboard. All right? <laughs> Calm down. What's up, Craig and Barry? It's Triple Lump from the Bronx. And man, it's not even a hard Nick's life no more. It's a sad Nick's life. This shit is crazy, man. I'm out here walking, just shooting the breeze, man, and this shit is fucking sad, man. Thoughts for the language. It's a sad Nick's life. I don't know what else to say. Not even Christmas, and I couldn't even watch these games, though. I don't even know who that was. But you could hear the quivering in his voice. I think he was on the verge of crying. 
He was, I'm telling you though, that's not the majority of Nick fans. Nick fans are angry, Craig. They're not sad. They're angry. They're pissed. They're fed up. Hey, what's up, Craig and Barry? It's James over here from Queens. And what the fuck are we going to do? I mean, I mean, holy shit, we suck. We fucking suck. All right, Fizz sucks. We all know that. Steve Mills, he fucking sucks too. Scotty Perry, we thought was good, but hey, he fucking sucks too. Knox sucks. Mitch hasn't done shit. What the fuck? They all suck. They all suck. He's right. That's the Knicks fan, Craig. They're angry. Everyone is angry. And they don't, should be angry. Yeah. Don't feed us this bullshit that, you know, we wanted to put together a competitive team. This is what we want to do. And, 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 and you can't follow through with that now going forward. You know, you, you, you came out after 10 games. You said what you thought happened. You said you're going to look at the next 10 games. Well, look, we're past that point, and you're just as bad, probably worse. So now, I'm sorry, but you got to put your tail between your legs, and you got to switch up the plan again, and now you got to go back to all those young guys that you kept. You did keep them here, and I hope you kept them here for a reason because you saw something in them, and you weren't ready to give up on them, and maybe you wanted to mold and actually develop some players that you drafted and that you signed. Now's your chance to do that. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings of these vets that you brought in. And even if you do, so the hell what? You got to think of this organization's future. And I know you're worried about your jobs right now because James Dolan's not going to settle stand for any of this bullshit either because he's embarrassed, especially after that route against Milwaukee. You think he's not embarrassed? And he looks to his left and to his right and he sees Mills and Perry who's been beside him the last three years and this is what you put for him in front of him? No, your asses are out. You guys are done. And don't fuck it up for the next guy. And Fizdale, you don't fuck it up for the next coach by not doing what you're supposed to do. And that's ensuring that we get a top five pick next year and get more minutes for these guys that you've got in your roster that have been here from the day they were drafted. You know what, Perry and Mills, they just need, they, I think they need to man up here and just fucking resign. Now? Yes, right now. This is their team they built. They well, chose Fizdale. They're the ones who said to us they, they, that they believed Fizdale was the right guy to lead us in this rebuild. And then they decided before this season that they were going to build a roster that they believed could compete and that they believed would put us back on track of putting a good product out on the court. Do you really believe that we're 4-17 and 17 just because Fizdell sucks as a head coach? They're all failures. They're all failures. Even if Fizdell was a, a great coach, are these players that great? Wouldn't they all be at least... I mean, these they're not even... They're not playing with that intensity, all right? And that pride that Steve Mills and Scott Perry keep telling us they're choosing players that are going to represent our city. And they're not even doing that. It's not just that we're losing. If we were losing, but our players were, were busting their asses every night, I, I, I wouldn't feel the same way. But we are an embarrassment. They chose players that not only don't have the talent of pretty much any other NBA team, but, that's but they, the don't have the, like, they don't have the effort either. That's the bare minimum. You would think they do have the talent. I mean, do you realize... The fuck, we're, we're past the quarter mark of the season and the Charlotte Hornets 
have twice as many wins as we do? I, I did not know that. <laughs> That's how bad we are. Phoenix, Sacramento, all these guys, they have more than twice as many wins as we do. It's not good. We are the laughing stock of the NBA. Steve Mills is the laughing stock among all the general managers. And I'm sorry, Fizdale, but you've done jack shit as a head coach. This is not a good start for you between Memphis and here. And I know, you know, you, you saw different things, you know, for yourself here. You know, this is what you envisioned that you were going to have to put in the work, put in the grind. And you're going to have all this youth for this long. But this is what it is. Oh, he is beyond frustrating, dude. That that whole thing where Knox started at the at the two guard oh, that one game. Oh, my God. That, that and every no Nick fan, every beat writer was like, what are exactly. you doing? <laughs> and then the next game, he fucking benches Knox. The game after he put Knox in just the, the horrible position of starting at shooting guard. And then Knox gets benched. And then the next game, fucking Knox is starting again because Morris is out. And he's starting at the three. I mean, that just goes to everything that we've said over and over again that we hate about Fizdale. How he put... I feel like we've said it so many times. How guys are at the end of the bench like Trier has been finding himself most of the season. Then all of a sudden they're starting. And then they're at the, again at the end of the bench. And then are playing 40 plus minutes. How he's taking R.J. Barrett out at the end of games when R.J. Barrett was on fire. Replacing him with Wayne Ellington. Smiling down 40 plus smiling how much were we up against boston and then they went on that run four possessions in a row the knicks are just like passing the ball into the stands turning it over 24 second shot clock violations there's no offense being run he's letting randall run the offense like he's lebron james <laughs> somebody tweeted that at me what the fuck is going on out there and meanwhile, like we've been saying this whole show, nobody is developing. Nobody's progressing. Nobody. Thank God for R.J. Barrett. And if you think that Fizdale or anyone on that coaching staff has anything to do with R.J. Barrett playing at least solidly in his rookie year. No, because he came into the league like that. No, that's R.J. Barrett. That's all fucking R.J. Barrett. I hope the and Knicks it, aren't doing him a disservice. Every other Nick we've drafted, every other young guy we've drafted, Knox, Trier, Mitchell, Mitchell's year last year, you know, after we took him at the top of the second round, that was all Mitch, okay? He was great last year. Has he progressed since last year? No, that's on the coaching staff. Has he learned to, to limit his fouls? No. Has, he, has his offensive game progressed? No. Yeah, and you're going to say, well, he doesn't have a guy like DeAndre Jordan to mentor him or this or that. You got coaches. You got a team of coaches there that have access to him 24-7. You know what's interesting? Last season when... Rashid Wallace came by the Knicks for like yeah. a, day, a day or two. Was yeah. at practice working with Mitch. Mitch followed that up with like two of his two of his best games, from what I remember. Yeah. All right. Because yeah. maybe he was actually getting some fucking coaching <laughs> at practice. You're 100 percent right. How could Rashid Wallace have such an impact in one fucking practice, and then he goes away, and then it's just like all back to how it was. Yeah. Knox hasn't shown progress. Knox, is, Knox was the, at his best in his first summer league. And since then, since the Knicks, since Fizdale and the coaches have got their hands on him, nothing. Yeah. Trier, yeah, he's progressed all the way to the end of the bench after he started off last year on fire. If anything, he's gotten worse. 
How's that possible? Do you remember that dunk he had in one of his first games last year? Yeah, against Atlanta, the first game, the the home opener. Why is it? Why do all these rookies and young players seem like they just get worse? Frank, in his first year in the league, up until recently, looked better than he ever did. I was looking at his his game log from his rookie year. He had games with eleven assists, ten assists, nine assists, and then his second year under Fisdale, he got worse. I think every single one of these guys has gotten worse. What what do we do now, Barry? What do we do? How long do the how long do you think these guys are all going to last? Perry Mills Fisdale. What what's your best guess? Well, as far as what's going to happen short term. As much as I think all three of them need to go, I'm not about to get rid of them unless I have somebody in place. You need a solution. You know, you, you I understand you realize you have to get rid of them. But you can't make a move if you're Dolan unless you have a team set up in place that you know is going to come in here. And we need a team with a track record. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying when I say team, it doesn't mean that the you know it's a package deal that they all have to work together before. But they have to have some type of track record of success so that we have some confidence that they're going to come in here and clean this mess up because it is a huge mess. And... Look, if you want to say that this huge mess is there because of Dolan, that's fine. But if he's the owner, you're stuck with him. All right? Until he decides he's no longer the owner, he's your owner. You know, you got to live with that and you got to hope that he can find and 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 hire some competent people. But I'm not going to get rid of these 3 until we have those guys in place because because otherwise what do you you know, what are you doing? At least have a little bit of consistency until that point. You know? Have the same coach in front of these guys until that point. Because you don't want to have an interim guy. What's that going to do for you? You know, and this season's a lost season anyway. So if it means, you know, waiting till the end of the season to do it, you know, the tail end of the season, I'm fine with that. I just, I, you know, I hope that, I hope that they can get somebody competent over here. I think Ian Begley has been reporting lately that Fizdale, according to someone in the Knicks organization, they expect Fizdale to be fired shortly. Yeah, he reported uh, last week. He, he and then he reposted it again today. I think today, yeah, yeah. That there was a source that had said that. I am praying that that hasn't happened yet because Dolan wants to get rid of all three of them at once. And I agree with you. They need to have someone in line. I mean, you can't get rid of your entire front office and your coach. <laughs> and just not have somebody ready to go. There's always going to be somebody to say something negative, you know? Um, like, let's say, you know, you take my plan and the plan of many Knicks fans, and that's to play all these young guys and start sitting, you know, some of these new guys that you signed, including Julius Randle. Obviously, you're going to have, you know, people say, well, how can you do that? It's not a good look. You paid him all this money. And now you're going to sit him. I mean, after what just happened... In Milwaukee, that embarrassing night that you went through, if you're going to shake things up and hold some people accountable, you know, how many times you see Randall not run back on defense and give up on plays? This is the perfect opportunity to do that. You're not going to get scolded for doing that if you're saying this is a lesson or whatever you want to disguise it as. But you sit those bums. You start, you put out a young starting five. See what happens. Right at this point, you do whatever you got to do to try to try to change something up. And we know that you've changed rotations all the time before. Why not change it this way? Go back, start Mitch, and you know I know Frank's not 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 healthy yet, but you know I would start Frank and Mitch, and you know any of these young 
guys that have only been on the team two or three years. You know, Barry, I have to be honest. I'm at a loss for words. I don't even know. I don't know what to do. I don't know if that plan is good because I agree that we should be playing the young guys and you want to bench Randall because, you know, he's not putting in the effort he should and he's playing poorly. But I don't know that, I don't know what point guard deserves to start on our team with Frank not playing. Beyond RJ, I don't know if anyone deserves to start or deserves playing time. None of them are playing like they deserve it. So why are you putting Randall, you're going to punish Randall. Craig, but does deserve, deserve, deserve to be is a stupid. It's just a stupid word. Deserve. Of course, they don't deserve it. That's a stupid word. You start Dennis Smith Jr. at point guard right now. He's your point guard. He's your only point guard. This isn't a time to to experiment with a new position. He's your point guard. You play him for better or worse. Okay, Alfred's but Julius Randle is your days. power forward, Barry. He's your fucking power forward. He's the only one we have. And you want to bench him? Yeah, yeah, and I'll start I'll start Knox. Put your big boy panties on, Knox, and start at the four. Oh, well, I mean, Knox is playing worse than Randall. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. He's got to play through it. Okay, Randall's been in this league five years. It's Knox's second year. Let him play through it. He's had ups and downs all the way through this point. But you better show me some damn hustle. You speak about Randall like he's an old man. I, Just turned 25. He's not an old man, Craig, but he's not doing anything for me. All right? I'm sorry. But neither is Knox. So but, you're just starting Knox because he's younger than him by three, four years. Four years. Yeah. You know, Julius Randall seems like a great guy. All right? But is he... I mean, look, th- this Knicks team is not anywhere f- close to what we need them to look like to even call them a competent team. But I don't think Julius Randle's a part of it. I'm sorry. Listen, what they need, they need a new, a brand new front office tomorrow. They need a new coach. And they need to hire a front office and a coach. But you're not, still stuck not a, with this not, pitiful team. A new yes, front but you office need, and a you coach need, is not going to do anything for them right now. Well, they're going to do more than Scott Perry, Steve Mills, and fucking Fisdale can do. Maybe at least a new coach coming in along, along with... And I'm always going to say this, along with a new GM and new president, because I don't want those two sticking around if Fisdale's gone. But maybe they can at least not run the fucking offense through Randall, all right? Because that's a big reason why Randall looks so bad out there, because everything's running through him. True. He's almost their point forward. Maybe at least a new coach is going to put these guys in a better position to succeed. All right, not playing the same no system offense that Fizdale has them playing for the rest of the season. He's putting them out there to fail. I don't know if swapping Knox for Randall and these young guys for Randall makes anything better. It makes it better to just get them more playing time. But if they're not progressing under Fizdale, if he's not giving them a system that makes sense for their positions, if he's running, if he's treating Knox like a point guard like he does with Randall, is that going to work? Or is that just going to make these guys get worse and worse and lose their confidence more and more. Every game with Fisdale at the helm, I mean, I feel like these young guys are losing confidence. That, hey, and by the end of the season, by the end of the season, where the comment. fuck are they going to be? Where are they going to be? They're going to be shells of themselves. <laughs> They're already shells of themselves. He's making them worse. And I'm so confused at the at 
the way the players speak about Fisdale, they love him. And the veterans seem to love him. There's nothing but support. I'm so confused by it. Are you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you buy into the whole notion that today is a different generation and that players need to be coddled and you can't you can't yell at them and come down on them and discipline them? You know, do do you buy all that, or can a coach be like a real coach of old and you know come down on his players when they're not performing the right way, bench them if they do something wrong, get in their face? point their finger in their face and kind of light a fire under them that way. Yeah, I think when you have a team like this, yeah, they need to do that. If you've got a team that with LeBron James on it right. and you're winning a majority of your games, yeah, they you kind of have to coddle them. They're, those guys are basically running your team. When you're a coach of a team that is as shitty as we are, nobody needs to be coddled. They need to be treated <laughs> how they're play, like how they're playing. And how is that? Like shit. <laughs> right. Right. I just wanted to hear you say it. No, they don't need to be treated like shit. But you, no, you're right. Why are you coddling these guys? What are you afraid you're going to lose them? But uh, like I was saying before, Barry, and I've said in other shows, you get, you get a new front office in here, you get a new coach. Give them the rest of this season to try and see who they want to be a part of the team next season. Who do they want to be a part of this rebuild? If we can finally get this shit on track, let them work with these guys. Let's see if a new coach a new front office, can instill any kind of system, any kind of confidence in these young guys. Because Fisdale isn't doing it. We need a brilliant basketball mind here. Somebody with a track record for development. Is that Fisdale? No. It's not. I don't know, Barry. It is a sad, it is a sad time. It's an angry time for Knicks fans. It, it's not easy. We've had some low moments on this show. All right, when poor Zingas went down with that knee injury. That was a tough night. Okay, when, when Porzingis was traded, that was shocking. I can confidently say this is the worst I've ever felt as a Knicks fan. And amazingly, it's not tied to someone going down. It is just the realization, Barry, that we might be starting all over again. Again. And it's finally hitting me these past few days. And other fans from other teams have been saying it for a long time. They laugh at us. And they talk about what a joke of a franchise we are. And for years, I've been defending the Knicks. You know, just wait. Just wait, because one day, we're going to be back on top. And we're going to have the last laugh. These past few days, I I'm starting to view the Knicks like everyone else is viewing the Knicks. I don't know, I know. about you. No, that's I'm, the whole thing. It's I'm like starting to feel, like, after all this, I'm starting to fucking feel like, yeah, we are a fucking joke. Yeah. And I've never felt that way. Right. It's like, what do I love about this? I don't like the coach. I don't like the owner. I don't like the general manager. I don't like the president. The The team sucks. You know, I don't like how it's constructed. You know, it's it's like, and, and it's got me, th it was like, it's like that, um, I don't know if you saw that last Seinfeld special and he talks about how like when you're rooting for a team, it's crazy because the players change all the time and yet you're still rooting for that same team. Essentially, you're rooting for laundry, you know, just for that uniform. And he's right because... Like, when I told you today that I hated the Knicks, it's because, like, I hate more of them than I like. But I'm a Knicks fan, you know? So, yeah, we're, we're waiting. We're waiting for that day for people to fill those uniforms, something we could get behind. And we hope that it's these youngsters that we have here. And that's why we don't have these attachments to Randall and to Morris, as good as he's been playing, and to the guys that they bring in here on these short-term contracts.
And we all buy into it before every season. This is going to be the year. We're going to show improvement. We're going to be better than we were last year. I was fucking betting. I didn't really think they were going to win the championship or their division, Barry. But I put fucking money down on this team. And by the way, oh, how much money. money have you been losing lately? You put Holy mo- shit. You Craig? were on a great streak, and I know it's Craig. not been going well for you lately. Craig, since the what? last podcast, <laughs> I told you I, I, I won. You were I, up 900 I was up 900 bucks. I won five straight wins out of the gate. I've lost five straight since then. You got to be kidding me! So now, no. what? Now, what are you? What I'm are up. You I'm up four hundred. But I was which up nine hundred. But I've lost five in a what, row. What does that I, get us? Two hundred level seats at the garden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I've lost five bets in a row. Well, you're not giving any advice to Knicks fans this week. No, and I don't know what I was thinking with my last one. Out of those le- five that I lost. You know, I only bet one on the Knicks, and you know, Knicks were getting sixteen and a half points against the Bucks. I knew they were going to lose against the Bucks, but I was like, "Ah, oh, it's a lot of points." They just lost a close one to Boston. Maybe they'll be competitive. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. They they were getting sixteen and a half points. The Bucks beat the spread in the first quarter. <laughs> it was thirty three to fifteen after the first quarter. I already lost. Guys, reach out to us. It's a hard Knicks life at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at hard Knicks life. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. Call us. You need it. We need it. We need to hear from you. We need your support more than ever. We do. And, you know, the, the, the show's about to end. So pick up the phone. Call 516-33-MESH1. You know, tell us where you're at. That's 516-336-3741. If you like the show and you're still fucking listening at this point of this miserable season, and I don't know, I don't expect people to keep listening. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I can't even, I feel like I'm forcing myself to do these shows Dude, and to watch games right now. The Knicks are so bad, and here I am doing a podcast for the Knicks. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to me that, that, that they're a podcast for this crappy team, and I, I'm one of them. <laughs> what am I doing? I get so angry at the podcast. The other day I said to you, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, Barry. <laughs> because <laughs> we have to sit through these games just to be able to do the podcast. And some nights we're so bad, I don't want to put myself through it. Yep. You know, and I, I got a couple of quips on my whiteboard I didn't even get to, to use. Your quips? Tonight? A couple of quips. You want to define that for everybody? Quips? Like a couple of little, like, um, you know, uh, thoughts that I was going to blurt out in amongst conversation as if it was natural. By the way, here we go again. The music's been playing. What, what are your quips? Uh, it, was, it was about the Bucks game. Just a couple of analogies about the Bucks. I was going to say, um, see, now it doesn't sound like it's coming off the cuff because you know it's on my whiteboard. But I was going to say <laughs> that the Knicks, the Knicks were beaten so badly by the Bucks that they're actually showing highlights of the game on World Star Hip Hop. What does that mean? What do you mean, what does that mean? World Star Hip Hop is like that, that Twitter feed and that website that usually shows people like getting the shit kicked out of them. Like literally. Oh, get, so you know, were fights. they really or this is a, it's a joke? No, it's a joke. It's a joke. Hey, Barry, are tomorrow are you going to read these? Are you going to get into your car and um, oh, stop look into the camera <laughs> with those beautiful blue eyes and, and read these jokes? In a very uh, dramatic way. Look, 
I I I had something that I wrote. I had it. I figured I had an outlet for it besides the podcast. I could throw it on my Twitter account, so I did. It was the same exact thing you read in the podcast. Yeah, I understand that, but not everybody listens to the podcast. I figured, let me get it out on Twitter. And was I right? Was I right that you like you? I know you were off that day. Were you actually in the car no. to go somewhere, or did you just go in there to record? No, I did not go into my car to record. I actually I went Come somewhere. On. And then before I, then I got home before I got out of my car, before I exited my how car. How many I takes did, did you do? The, how many takes? Oh, oh. Probably like, <laughs> really? like six or seven. Everybody loved it. There were a few. Dude, that I got, I got 50 new follows that day. So anyway, you want to hear my, my last, my last quip about the buff, the Bucks game before we go? Not really, but sure. This is embarrassing because they're really like, you know, they're not that funny, but you know, again, it was meant to be in the, uh. Okay, Barry. I mean, <laughs> I I tried. So anyway, I tried to look up stats on the Knicks during that Bucks game on cleaning the glass, that site where they you know wipe out garbage time. There were no stats for the Knicks because the entire game was garbage time. All right, those were Barry's clips. <laughs> Barry, you're gonna lose 50 followers after that. <laughs> Completely. All right, guys. Until next time, next week, but we'll be equally as miserable as we are now. It is a hard. Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.